Welcome to the Sunday Soother Advice Cast, a podcast that takes your dilemmas and gives you insightful advice about how to get to know yourself better and live life in a more meaningful way. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a writer and holistic personal development coach and author of the Sunday Soother newsletter. Here, I'll take your questions, reframe your narratives, and give you actionable advice that I promise you will actually have you thinking about how to do things in a different way. Hey everybody, happy Friday. This is Catherine here, the author and host of The Sunday Soother, and I'm coming uh, to you for a special like Friday Valentine's Day edition podcast. I will have my normal podcast coming out on Sunday all about self-compassion, but I had some free time this afternoon and I'd really been thinking about my romantic journey and singlehood and dating and romance and self-worth. And since it's Valentine's Day, I figured why the hell not talk a little bit about some of the things I've been through in case that is helpful for people out there who might be struggling with romance and for whom Valentine's Day might be quite activating or difficult or bring up, you know, insecurities or self-worth issues around your status as like a coupled person or a single person or an in-between person. So... This is really just like a narrative of my story. And um, at the end, I'm going to suggest some resources that really helped me get to where I am today in terms of dating and romance and my ability to give and receive romantic love. So basically, we're going to (laughs) start when I was 15 which is when I had my first boyfriend. And that was fine. It was just like nothing even worth talking about. Um, But I always never felt like I was really worthy of a boyfriend, like in high school or in early college. Like I did not have a ton of experience. You know, people I was I'm looking back, I'm like, who the hell is like having boyfriends in like middle school or even early high school? That seems insane to me now. But it just I was like, that's probably never going to happen to me. I don't really know what that's like. Like, I was really nervous around boys. I had a lot of crushes, of course, of course, but nothing really ever happened with them, which is totally normal and fine, right? Um, and then I got into a long-term relationship in college that went from, like, ages 20 to 26. And that was, for the most part, like, a really good relationship. Like, it was the first time that I felt, you know, I was in love, that I felt seen, that it was pretty secure, and... In my mid to late 20s, it went super south. Like it was, there was cheating, betrayal, emotional gaslighting, like, and it was for me the ending of which was really traumatic um, in so much that I believe that I suffered PTSD from it. And then like my love journey began. (laughs) So like from my late 20s to my late 30s, it was like a, it was a decade, guys, of and of patterns, like of romantic patterns that kept playing out in ways that I was completely, completely oblivious to. So these were my patterns. I would, I never had problems dating. Like I never had problems going on dates or even sometimes getting boyfriends. Um, but they were never really felt like really stable. And in fact, I was actually engaged when I was 30. And as I look back, I realized that I kept attracting in pretty emotionally unavailable partners um, around whom I was often on eggshells, walking on eggshells. I was often um, terrified of abandonment, of them leaving me, of breaking up with me, I was really kind of contorting myself to try to be certain ways that I thought would please them. Um, And 
it was really important to me to be in a relationship because even though I wasn't totally aware of it at the time, I was feeling a significant amount of shame around my singlehood, right? Especially as I got into my 30s. And I look back, like, so at the end of my serious relationship in my 20s that ended when I was like just about 27. And I was like, okay, well... It'll take me a year to get over this and then I'll take me a year to meet somebody and then we'll date for a year and then I'll still be married by 30 and everything will be fine. (laughs) And that obviously did not happen. Um, But like marriage security, relationship security and claiming that security like through marriage or like really long-term stability was like a super priority for me that I felt like I kept failing at. And so... Eventually, I sort of became sort of aware of these patterns, right? I was like, these relationships kind of don't keep working out. (laughs) And I'm not sure why. And I was exploring it in therapy. And to me, it was like, well, I think I'm just anxious. Dating makes me anxious for some reason. And that's why these things are an issue for me. Um, So... Things kind of kept going round and round and round. Like I, you know, would really focus on dating, like really find somebody that I was like immediately into. Like sometimes there would be like a ton of chemistry up front and I would be like, finally, this is it. And then like the pattern would play out that it would just like, we would kind of drift apart. The guy would kind of start drifting apart. I would be super activated in my anxiety. I would be thinking about him a lot. I'd be wondering like, you know, is he going to text me? Like all these sort of classic things, right? So that was hard. And um, the first time I made any moves towards changing this was I was in a relationship probably when I was like 35 or so. And this is going to sound crazy to some of you, but to some of you, it will not sound crazy. I could feel the drifting apart happening and my anxiety ramping up. And I actually made the decision to say something's happening here and I need more and we need to talk about it. Okay. That's going to sound totally normal to some of you. And to some of you, you'll get why that was like super terrifying for me is because I had huge issues with vulnerability. I had huge issues standing up for my own needs. Um, I, I had a deep fear of abandonment. And so asking for something that I believed could cause that separation and abandonment felt very scary to me. And so in that relationship, I, I, I stood up and I said, we're, something's happening here. Like we're not as connected as we were like three months ago. And I, we, I, I want to work on this. Right. And he broke up with me in that moment. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. All right. So, but I felt looking back, I felt proud of myself because that was honestly the first time in like eight years I had stood up for myself and been like, this needs to be something better. And I want to do that. Even though the answer wasn't how, um, it it wasn't like what happened didn't, what I wanted to happen didn't happen. Right. And that's okay. It wouldn't have worked out for a variety of reasons anyways. Um, but that was kind of the pattern that was playing out in my life. And then there were a couple of guys I did date in my 30s who were quite secure, who were super into me, that never made me feel nervous, um, that I knew really cared about me, that were always there for me. 
And then in those cases, I was the one who ended up drawing back or breaking up with them because I got bored. I didn't think the chemistry was strong enough. Um, you know, I was just like, I don't know, this doesn't really seem like that exciting or like we have long-term potential. So that happened a lot in my thirties. Okay. And this is what would become, what would be termed, um, we would talk about attachment styles. Okay. Right. There's a book out there. It's called like, I already forget what it's called, but it's Google like attachment styles book and you'll find it. And I had what is referred to as an anxious avoidant attachment style. Okay. So I was anxious when I would date emotionally unavailable men. And then I was avoidant, which meant that I would withdraw when I dated more secure men who were emotionally available. So this is the dance I kind of kept playing, um, basically through my thirties. And so I, around 37, something happened where I, the shame part of this went away. I was like, I'm probably never going to get married. And I actually feel okay about this. That, so that was huge for me because up until that point, I had felt very panicky and scared and ashamed. I was like one of the very few single unmarried people in my friend group. And it seemed like in all of the world. And I just thought I was like irrevocably broken and something was wrong with me that I am the only person who doesn't get married. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, one, I was dealing with all of these patterns that I had no awareness about. And sometimes people just don't get married or want to get married, right? Like, I realized that having kids probably wasn't for me. And that took a lot of the pressure off. And even in like traditional marriage, I started to really think about, is this something I actually want or something I believe that I should have done? So I became more conscious and intentional about what I really wanted in terms of romantic partnership. That said, I, I did still want romantic partnership. And I think a lot of us do. And and we kind of feel ashamed about too, that too. Like we might feel ashamed about being single and we might feel ashamed that we do want a romantic partner. And I definitely played with that too. You know, I wanted to be like, oh, I'm so cool and independent and like, doesn't matter. And I was like, well, I really want a boyfriend. Like it's, it is nice. I know how nice like having a good boyfriend can be. So I was doing that dance. So then in my late thirties, what I really came to awareness around was what is called. So if any of this has resonated with you, the next thing I'm going to mention, the next resource, I think will be really important. Um, codependency. I realized I was codependent. Now we, I think codependency is sort of misunderstood at large. Um, you know, we think of it about two people who are very enmeshed in a romantic relationship and cannot be uh, separated. And they always have to check with each other and like do everything together. Codependency is actually, it's kind of like, um, people pleasing. It's reacting to and validating and placing importance on people's, um, other people's emotions, external validation, um, instead of your own, right? So other people's emotions and managing those emotions becomes more important than what you deserve or what you want or what your emotions are. So codependency in a romantic relationship can play out like what I was talking about, like egg sh- walking on eggshells, trying to contort yourself into something, being terrified that if you're not perfect or a certain way, your partner is going to leave you. And it also manifests like as people pleasing, as not having good boundaries, as not understanding what your emotional needs and wants are, as, as low self-worth. And I really started to realize that I was dealing with all of those things, which was very surprising to me because I had always considered myself very confident and successful. And the thing was I had 
good boundaries and good self-worth in a lot of areas in my life, like in work and in body image and other and money and like some other things. Like I was like, oh, well, because I'm successful and confident in all of these other areas, like there's no way I'm like low self-worth or, you know, feeling undeserving in romance. But I was, you know, and that can happen for a lot of us. You can see people who are have wonderful romantic relationships consistently, but really struggle in the workplace or in succeeding in their careers or in other areas, right? So in the pillar of romance, as I discovered, it turned out I had really low self-worth. I was super codependent. I valued my boyfriend's emotions above mine, and I was terrified of abandonment. And what happened was, and you may often see this in yourselves, those patterns kept playing out over and over again because I had not healed that wound and I kept inviting those experiences back into my life in in a dozen different men, right? So things started to change for me when I did two things. So this is going, well, one, even just like the first glimmer of awareness around this was revolutionary to me. So if you can become aware of some of your own self limitations and patterns that are not serving you, that's a great first step, right? It's not just like, this is kind of a blanket statement, but if you're continually having bad luck in relationships or calling in emotionally unavailable people, it's not just bad luck, okay? You're attracting that into your life um, as a pattern that is unhealed or is just something you're used to, right? And um, so having awareness of that for me was like a great first step. I was like, okay, wow, huh, like light bulb. I'm acting these ways and I'm not defining my own boundaries and standing up for my own self-worth in relationships. And I'm like placing way too much importance on one, being in a relationship. And then I'm placing way too much importance on placating um, my, my romantic partner, which is really not helping either of us and like not getting me the relationship that I want. Okay. So I did two things that really helped me and they're kind of, they're in the cheesy self-help realm. So, but if you're listening to the Sunday Soother, you're kind of into that shit anyways. So hope you'll trust it and like, give me a little bit of trust in these recommendations. So I did, I understood that I had a pattern. I didn't know how to break it. Okay. Um, I was recommended or read about it, a book that is called Calling in the One. Okay. This is where it does get cheesy. Calling in the One, Seven Weeks to Attract the Love of Your Life. It's by Catherine Woodward Thomas. Now you are, this book looks like it comes out of the bargain bin of the self-help aisle, right? Like in your local borders. But it's good, guys. It's good. So if you can release your cynicism about self-help books and release your cynicism about spirituality, because this book, um, much like The Artist's Way, another book I will heartily endorse and recommend, do talk a lot about spirituality and connection to the universe or a higher power. So if that's not your jam, I ask you to consider it anyways and like work within that how in whatever way you can because this book is the truth. It will take you through some dark looks at yourself in the mirror through a series of exercises, meditations, practices, 
journaling and understand that you are possibly blocking yourself by attracting in certain patterns from an unhealed wound that keep playing out over and over again in romance. So that book is called Calling in the One, Seven Weeks to Attract the Love of Your Life by Catherine Woodward Thomas. Give it a shot. Like you can get it off Amazon for like $7 or something, like a used copy. Um, So that was the first thing. The second thing I did, we've talked a couple of times on this podcast about Lacey Phillips of To Be Magnetic, who does workshops on what she calls manifestation, but essentially are explorations of self-worth. And she has a workshop called shadow and a workshop called unblocked love and i did both of those and they were extremely revealing to me about my issues with codependency and fear of abandonment and uh, i totally recommend that if you're ready to do what is on its face some pretty hard and painful work but you're willing to go there in order to start living a, a life that feels better and where you get the things you really want those workshops are great and then the last resource I'll recommend, if, if my story resonates with you, was um, it's Codependent No More. Um, it's a book about kind of chronic codependents who are people pleasers, who prioritize other push, you know, pushovers, who prioritize others' needs, like people who always need to give, 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 fix, fix, fix. Now, the author of that book recommends, she talks about codependency in the frame of um, being in a romantic relationship with an alcoholic or an addict, but you can get a lot out of it, even if that's not the case that you're coming from. Okay, so those were the three resources that I really worked through. And I was like, holy moly, um, I have some stuff that I have not dealt with, and I am dealing with it. And it is a lot. But it was so useful and it made me so aware and conscious about so many of my patterns that were ultimately super helpful. And then if you've read the newsletter or like listen to my podcast for a long time, you know that like the relationship I'm in now, this wasn't an, an easy path for me either. You know, I had been, um, like I said, I had been so in deep shame about being single and so ashamed of wanting partnership so much. And like, I felt panic about being unmarried. And like I said, around age 37, something shifted in me and I finally shed some of that shame. But that's around the time um, I I continued to date unavailable partners. And at the same time, I developed feelings for my current boyfriend, who was my coworker at the time and became a really close friend of mine. And I never said anything about my feelings to him at the time because there was some timing issues going um, on. He was like out of a breakup that he had not healed from. Um, And there was other stuff. And I just, but like primarily, I felt like I didn't have any right to say anything. And I also didn't believe there was any way anybody I liked that much would reciprocate, right? So there's the low self-worth again. So this summer, this past summer, 2019, it was like crazy eclipse season. Like June and July were friggin' bonkers for me. And I started doing some of this deep shadow work that I've talked about, like the the books, the exercises. And again, I became super aware of how deeply my low self-worth, my abandonment and codependency wounds were basically running my life from the shadows. So at the same time, my friend at the time, and I reconnected at a wedding, um, we hadn't kind of not been in touch for like a year because he had moved and we just sort of drifted apart because I think I had been... I had been frustrated that we were such close friends and basically like in this 
this friendship that kind of mimicked a romantic relationship without actually saying or acknowledging and it was it was all totally platonic the entire time but I had to pull myself away from that because I think I felt like this was too much for me and I'm not going to get what I want out of this so we had we had not really been in touch for a year and we were connected at this wedding and at the wedding I was like oh my old friend like I was like oh I don't have any feelings for him but it's so great to like reconnect with this person and this is wonderful And we had a great time at the wedding. We were basically each other's plus ones. And then at the end of the wedding, I saw him talking to another girl and I lost my shit internally. I didn't do anything embarrassing. (laughs) Um, But I went home and I cried. And I was like, this is so unfair. I have all of these feelings. Like, when am I going to get rescued? Like, when am I going to be able to like be in partnership with somebody I want to be with? Like, this is... I went into like a deep self-pity spiral, which is something else I've kind of realized about myself is that I can be quite self-pitying sometimes. Anyways, the next day I woke up and I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to do something about this, right? Like I deserve, I had done all this work. I had like kind of started to reactivate some of my worth and I had realized that I could stand up for myself. And I realized I deserve to stand up for myself even if the outcome wasn't what I wanted, right? In previous relationships, most previous relationships, except that one I talked about when I was 35, I had never stood up for myself. I had just kind of like meekly eked out whatever I could on the relationship, you know, even if it wasn't felt like enough or what I really wanted or what I deserved or what I needed. And I never said like, hey, this is bullshit. I'm like not getting the emotional support or communication or whatever that I need from this relationship. I sort of just hoped it would come along somehow magically without me needing to say anything. And I realized, oh, I need to say something here. I deserve to say something here. And I have to say, I've written about this. I did not expect it to go anywhere. I was doing this for me. I was standing up for myself to honor my needs, my worth, the things I wanted to speak my emotions into reality to all of these things, right? Like I was like, I deserve to say these feelings out loud, see if it can go anywhere. And if not, then I can just finally move on. Right. Like, and I can have stood up for myself and then be really ready to date somebody else. So if you've read the newsletter, you know that I, I did, (laughs) (laughs) do this and he was like oh yeah I like you too and I was like what oh my god all right cool um what now you know and so that was six months ago and you know we started dating and it has it has been wonderful and my triggers and issues and wounds get activated constantly in this relationship not because of anything my boyfriend does, because he's like a pretty wonderful, he's completely trustworthy, he's sensitive, like he's a good communicator, he's fun, he he really adores me. Like, but because I still struggle with codependency and fear of abandonment and wondering from time to time if I'm I'm worth this love that I'm receiving. Right. You know, and, and control issues. Is this going to, how is this going to work out? Like, where are we going to be in a year? Are we going to be together in five years? What is that going to look like? Right. So I, this relationship is like a really important container for me to still face so many of the fears I have about my deepest self in a vulnerable way. And it's work um, that I'm doing every single day. So, you know, 
things are in a good place in my relationship and romantic relationship is still hard for me, you know, because we're like, you know, a sort of Jane Austen ending, the couple gets together and everything is perfect. I'm like, no, dude, the work continues. <laughs> the work continues day to day. I still have to question myself and face my fears and speak up for my needs and believe in myself and also surrender, right? Because, you know, romantic relationship is one of the scariest relationships that we can all be in together because it is going to bring up so much for ourselves and we have to continue to honor ourselves in that work together. Um, and so I just wanted to tell you my story because I wanted to help any of you out there who are struggling with dating and shame around dating and either being single or shame for being in a relationship that you know you deserve more out of or anything, right? That you're not alone, right? I'm 40 and I am just coming to deal with my issues around romantic relationship. And I feel like a newborn freaking baby, <laughs> in this relationship and in all of um, the stuff that it brings up for me. You know, I still I still get scared and I still get I still worry about being abandoned and I worried about am I going to be able to speak up for myself in the moment if I ever need to. And I just want you to know the the journey to romantic love, you know, for some of us it's it's pretty easy and solid and steady and secure. And for a lot of us, it's fucking scary and shameful and it really requires us to do some of the deepest work of our lives to be able to stand up for our worth in love, to be able to receive the love that we know at some level we are worthy of because that's scary too. And it's a lot. So whatever your romantic status is right now, whatever your hopes and dreams for romance and relationship look like, honor those and stand up for yourself, right? Like, especially if you're like a recovering codependent people pleaser who deals with low self-worth and shame like me, you know, try some of the resources that I talked about. Do some reading on some of this stuff. Oh my God, my computer just went blank. What the fuck? And if this is still recording, that's all. I hope I didn't lose that entire story because I spent like 30 minutes recording my, my deepest <laughs> stuff. So I'm just rooting for you guys, okay? That's all I wanted you to know. Take care. <laughs>